You are now listening to Out of the Blank. 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 Welcome to another episode out of the blank podcast. I'm here with Mr. Kevin Chenard. Hey, thanks for having me. I said that correctly, didn't I? Yes, sir. All right, just making sure because as soon as I said it, I was like, you done messed it up. You done messed it up. To be honest, a lot of people get it wrong the first time because it's a French name. I am French. So uh, the D, we don't really pronounce it when we say it in French, but in English, you do say it. So, so Chenard. Exactly. And you kind of make it a little bit more nasally, too, because that's how the French kind of do it. They hold it up in their nose a little bit. Yeah, kind of. I like that. So tell me a little bit about yourself, Kevin, and if you want what you do professionally. Yeah, sure. Uh, I'm uh, 33 years old. I actually work in the hospitality industry. Uh, I work at a uh, five-star hotel here in uh, Gatineau, Quebec, Canada. Um, it's called the Hilton Lac Uh It's... To be honest, I've only been working there about five years. Uh, before that, I used to do all sorts of stuff. I did construction for a couple of years. I did security for quite a few years. And um, it's been kind of like a dream job. Uh, I've always really loved working in, um, uh, how do you say it there? Uh, just working with people, uh, client services, and uh, I started to kind of get the bug when I was working uh, security because uh, I always worked in an environment that was rich with um, like visitors. Uh, so I always had uh, like a direct contact with uh, the clientele and just working in a hotel uh, is, is actually quite amazing. You get to see all sorts of different faces uh, where people come from. You hear amazing stories. It's funny because your life is the complete opposite of where my life went. I left the hotel business to go join a security position. Oh, okay. Nice. I do. Like, all right. So what do you do at the hotel? Are you a houseman? Uh, I actually do reservations. Um, see, for us, it's, it's not um, really cut and clear on like you have just this one job you do this um i actually branch out and do quite a lot of different things at my position i take care of the clientele mostly on calls um i'm not like a front desk clerk i'm actually more of like uh in the back you don't see type of person yeah i know we uh, had reservations at my work i honestly that's a, a job i would have preferred over the one i had i had a houseman position and that's like the grunt work that's taking out the trash that's going into all these rooms, stripping all the rooms. That's like the people in reservations would call us and tell us to bring up supplies to the people. But it's like you guys don't I mean, you guys are good because you guys can handle over the phone, but we have to do it in person. And a lot of people in person are just dicks. It's like, I damn. It's, it's crazy. It's 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 funny because you work at the same job but it's a completely different world just from being up front to being out back um people will react to you different ways they'll talk to you different ways uh whether that be positive or negative um and i mean the big thing for us at our job is that we promote so much teamwork because without every single individual nothing runs and it's a mentality that I hold really strong. 
because it's just that if if you don't have that one person taking a phone call there's nothing coming in if you don't have that one person working up front you don't get people going in so i mean it, it, it works from the cleaning of the rooms to picking up the trash to calling the client it's it's all part of one intricate system yeah, when we would have um, some housekeepers not show up, it would mess up our whole thing. Instead of a housekeeper having 11 rooms on one floor, she'd have like 22 rooms or it would be split. They'd have to go on multiple floors to cover all the rooms from the housekeeper that was missing. And um, yeah, guest reservations. It was I remember this one time um, I got a call. Obviously, guest services calls housekeeping and says like, hey, reservations to housekeeping room 602 needs like some more towels or something. Well, this is at like 830 housekeeping comes in at nine. So they're supposed to wait till nine before they start making calls or telling us to do things because we just write it down. There's no way we can get anything to them. And um, this one elderly woman called was like, I need two rolls of toilet paper. And as soon as that call came over the thing, I was like, this lady's probably on the toilet. You know, she needs toilet paper. I got I to gotta help somebody out. Even if the housekeeper's not here, I got to go up there and bring it to her. So I run up there, hand her uh, two things of toilet paper. And she's like, can I also get some towels? And can I get my sheets made and all these types of things? I'm like, the housekeeper comes in at nine. Um, as soon as she gets here, uh, I'll make sure to let her know that she does your room first. And she goes, okay, thank you. And then I walk away. Bam, not even a minute later when I get back down to the laundry room, it's another call saying from that same room that they want their sheets and everything changed. I'm like, I just told her that the housekeeper's coming in at nine and then she was like oh yeah she wants soap too i'm like okay so i go up there with a bar of soap here you go when are you going to change my sheets when are you going to do this ma'am i told you at nine o'clock when the housekeeper gets here i'll make sure she does your room first okay okay thank you shut the door another fucking call dude i was like are you kidding me what is happening like does she does she does she have dementia i have no clue but that's what they do like when you go to a hotel you have total disrespect for everything because it's like you're on vacation i mean i get it we've have uh we live in a beach town so we get nothing but college kids that come in and i mean you'll find pizza in the sheets you'll find buffalo wing sauce on the walls we've had tvs broken we've had windows smashed we've had walls punctured with holes i think the whole time i was there the weirdest things happened during the winter we've had a total probably the time i worked there for like three years uh I witnessed four people die. Okay. Yeah. That's uh that's pretty extreme. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, I can't say that I've never had, um, I've never had things happen like that because I, I have um, actually a, uh, on a three year period to start with um, when I was first introduced to, to the hotel business, if you will. Um, I actually worked the security at the hotel um so i mean you'd think people people it's it's funny because people think that just because you're a five-star hotel that you're gonna get the most amazing clientele you know and oh it's gonna be all these rich folks and they have uh you know like they have a certain standard and blah 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 and it's it's actually quite the opposite um you get a mentality that well you know i can just barely scrape up enough coin to maybe stay there for a night but at least i'm gonna live the high life that you know you got that mentality of some people coming in that like oh well you know i've got a i've got like two three hundred bucks to spend and uh i'm, I'm just i'm gonna stay at this super fancy hotel room and impress my girlfriend or this this girl or this guy that i just met you know blah 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 so we get absolutely everything and i mean 
absolutely everything and anyone um one thing that we have here um that a lot of people that come visit us don't actually know is our hotel is is linked with a uh, with the casino okay you don't even need to go outside there's a straight hallway that goes directly into the casino next door um and it is owned by lotto quebec um so the hotel is actually under the banner of a hilton but it is owned by the lotto quebec um provincial government part of of it so Technically, I am a provincial government worker, but I work under the banner. So we have to adhere by all of the standards that the Hilton tells us to, uh, which is quite a lot. And we also have to follow the regulations set by the provincial government through the, the gambling association that we have through Lotto Quebec and everything. So it's it's really a very, very tight-knit um, uh program if you will that we have that we have to follow all these rules and a lot of our clientels whether we like it or not that come to the hotel are gamblers uh now this is another life this is another um slice of the pie that you will of clientele that we get that bring a particular uh interest to the to the hotel so like i said we get it all. We get it from the bottom of the barrel all the way up to the very, very top. We get celebrities that come in. We have uh, politicians that come in. But then again, we have that, you know, if you, you get people that come off the streets as well. And, you know, that's another thing that we have problems with. Uh, sometimes you get the best of people. I mean, I've seen people come in and it's just small families and you get perfectly cleaned room almost as they leave you know they 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 tell you how much fun they've had they they come up to the front desk and leave wonderful comments like the staff was amazing they love the pool you know all that but at the same time you get that second it could be mr big shot coming in and you know he's been calling all through the night because he wants his he wants his mini bar filled up because he's had a rough day or a rough weekend and he's getting drunk and he's calling us at three o'clock in the morning demanding everything from you know the, the the stars and the moon so it's you got to be ready for anything and well, people, i mean people that go to a hotel it's weird because the way that they leave a room is the way they like to reflect upon themselves a lot of times they leave the room pretty clean mm-hmm. um at least I, I work at a hotel that's it's old style it's based on that that's kind of its whole thing like the building's kind of pretty old it's supposed to be like a like a vintage style type um, hotel. So a lot of, there's nothing new like the Hilton would have, like opening automatic doors is that's just not even in the book there. Um, mm-hmm. When I worked But that there, brings its own charm though. Yeah, that's, I mean, yeah. I mean, the roof leaks a lot too. When I was there, it was kind of annoying. <laughs> and uh, there's a lot of problems. I definitely think it was just mostly underkept them. But uh, we got a lot of old clientele, which was nice because during the winter, you would get the same people that'd be like, oh, you're working on the holiday. Here you go. And they would give you like a huge bonus or something. Most of the time, they were pretty clean. The weirdest thing I think I've ever had to deal with was we would get elderly people that would shit in the trash can and then leave it oh out in front of their door. And then you're like, what the hell is that smell? And you're walking down the hallway and see just shit in the trash can. That was really disgusting. You had to deal with that a lot with um, people needing their emergency sheets changed just because of having to go to the bathroom. But well, even the kids were a little bit hectic, too. But like 
you know, I, I could handle them because they're usually like college kids around my age. So like I'll walk in a room and they'll be like, oh, dude broke a bag of Doritos all over the floor. He needs you to go in there and vacuum up some chips or something. So I go up there with a vacuum and I'm like, look, and I'm like, just look at him. I'm like, how did this happen? You guys wasted a perfectly good bag of Doritos. And like, yeah, sorry, bro. We were just getting hammered and uh, spilled a bag of chips, man. And I'm like, you wasted a bag of fucking chips because you're hammered. And they just looked and start laughing. Like, you can do that with them. You can be able to talk to them like that because they get it. Certainly. And they, they tip you like, you want a beer, bro? I'm like, I don't drink. And they're like, oh, but you want a beer? Why don't you chug it? I was like, because I'm fucking working. Like, I, <laughs> yeah, I don't want a beer. I'm sorry. I'd rather take money. So. But I mean, it's cool though because they'll offer like a slice of pizza. You'll be able to shoot the shit with them and stuff. I know that's when um when I first started my podcast, I uh, had business cards printed out, thinking that was going to be the best way to get people. So I would just be around my hotel, just tossing them like when I go into a room or something, put them on the the thing or something, so people could look it up. And uh, that was fun too because you know uh, you know some people would look it up and then like message you on like Instagram or Facebook, like hey, I saw this in the hotel room, thought it was pretty cool, and. Uh, it was a good experience, but the weirdest people I ever see that really came in were our hotel would be rented out a certain weeks or certain weekends. Um, there would be the Girl Scouts. Um, there would be the cheerleader girls that were like girls that are 15 or under. There's a scary problem about that because what does a young girl go through that turns her into a woman? Um you would come across a lot of bloody sheets, a lot. And that would be some scary shit where people are like, you need to wear gloves. I'm like, oh, God. Oh, God, how do you you're around like 12 other girls in a in a room together? And how do you hide this? Like, How do you keep this secret from everybody? And then you'd get the occasional um, these religious groups that would come in. Uh, priests, those are the freakiest people I've ever met in my entire life. They are it's just a whole line of priests. But when you clean out their room, we've had alcoholics come to our hotel, but those priests drink way more. I mean, the head priest had three bottles of giant, like bottles of Jack in his trash can. And then two in the fridge that were halfway drunk. I was like, damn. And like, people were just like, yeah, because they're not having sex and they're not, you know, doing anything bad or illegal. So they drink. That's how mm -hmm. they kill their inner demons. I'm like, damn, you're just that pen up. It really shows how like crazy religion can be. Oh, for sure. I mean, like, it's funny because when people ask us, like, hey, uh, you guys get a lot of groups coming in, eh? And like, do you, do you have like a particular group of people that usually cause the most troubles? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, of course we do. And you wouldn't believe who it is. And to be honest, most of the time, it's lawyers, police officers, uh, fire departments, when they have like, their like uh, inaugural like balls or like Christmas parties or stuff like that. They're usually the worst. Yeah, they're booze bags, man. Surprisingly, like a lot of those cops, like they but they would put their bottles up on like a shelf when they're empty, like stack them up, like if you were gonna throw them in, like a recycle or something. But there yeah. would be so many of them. It's like holy crap, man! You'd be like pulling out trash bags upon trash bags out of these rooms, man. I don't know how many times, you know, I've I've, I've seen the weirdest stuff when it comes to the hotel business, man. And it's seen the groups of people and the type. I mean, the nuns are even a little bit weird too. Um, you know, I, the college kids, they're the average ones. You get the crazy kids that come down here. But like, if I had to ask like your whole entire experience of working at a hotel, what is the worst moment you've that you've had working there? 
uh worst moment Let, let's be a little bit more specific here okay worst it can be moment. like it can be like customer service wise i'll give you an example for me my yeah. first year at the hotel we have a thing in our town called h2oi so a bunch of kids using these riced out cars like these subarus these you know the hondas the civics they're all like souped up with giant spoilers on the back with the cammed out rims and you know like where the car looks like it's straight on like bow-legged or something and uh one of these times I was in an elevator and I was coming down from the 11th floor and a kid was driving one of his cars and tried to do like a burnout or something and messed up and he bumped over the curb and ran right into a generator and the generator exploded and the kid died. But I was in the elevator at the time and our whole power and our whole entire hotel shut off. The elevator dropped from the 11th floor all the way down to the sixth floor free fall. When I say that this was before they put in the safety in the elevators, we're in an old style hotel. So there was no safety in the elevators that I thought of. So I dropped from 11 to six. Let me tell you something. You're at, at that moment in your life, you'll be gay. You'll do whatever you want. You will. You, you don't care who's if there's someone in that elevator, they're getting fucked. Luckily, there was nobody in that elevator with me, and it dropped all the way down to six. As soon as it hit six, it slowly went down to one. Dude, I've never felt my heart jump into my throat because if you're like me, you know it's at the bottom of that elevator is one giant needle that's like a stopper for the elevator that is right dead center in the middle of the elevator. And the first thing I thought of is if this thing free falls, not only is the elevator going to crash and I might be severely hurt, but that spike might have a chance of going in my ass. Yeah, no, uh, that that is very true. Um, okay, well, I mean, if we take it from that point of view, the very worst thing I've ever experienced while working at the hotel was um, when I was actually w still working in security. Um, I'd have to say uh, there's going to be two because uh, they, they are tied. I, I could not pick one over the other, but the first one would be um, an elderly gentleman. Uh, came to the hotel with his uh, his mistress uh, that we found out later and um, you know kind of went up to his room popped a pill started getting freaky um, came downstairs later on because he wasn't feeling too good and had a heart attack at the front desk and passed away um, the worst part is is that we had to obviously you know do first aid and we were pumping him and then uh we had the medical staff come by help us uh, we did everything we could for him and we got note that sadly he had uh, passed away uh due to complications uh at the hospital uh well wait hold on a second is that the only death you've had at the hotel in your experience no uh, okay. uh no um but it was one of the harder ones that we actually had to deal with because it was like it was upon us like we had to react to it um <clears throat> going going in but what the hardest thing was is that we had to you know obviously tell his wife because he we knew that he was married and the lady that he was with was not his wife so you pick up the phone and you call the wife who's at home and he's supposed to be on a business trip, but he's actually a 30 minute drive away at a hotel. How do you, how do you explain that to her? You know? Yeah. Oh, I'm very sorry, ma'am. Uh, he passed away and he was also cheating on you. It seems probably for 
a few years now, but you know, so that was the, that was one of the first ones um, that really hit, hit hard, uh, directly had to deal with, um, had uh, a pretty big impact on the staff that was there at the front desk. There were people that were sent home for emotional distress, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, the second one was actually kind of, it was, it was really bad, but it was also comedic in its own way. And I'm not trying to seem like this super dark sadistic fuck here, but, um, we had a gentleman who was staying, uh, one night and, uh, he had quite a lot to drink, uh, probably also had some other substances that we couldn't tell but probably uh was having a very emotional distressing situation if you will um and uh decided that it would be a good idea to stab himself in the gut and then proceed to walk all the way outside through a an emergency exit to take the bus uh to get to the hospital for help so we originally had gotten a call saying that there was a giant streak of blood coming from a particular room uh, and he was bleeding quite a lot. So he was holding himself, but at the same time had his hand on the walls for support. And you could just imagine the follow the dotted trail of blood. It's like the walking dead. Yeah, pretty much. It, it looked like zombies had walked through the hallway, um, made their way down maybe five or six flights of stairs. Of course, the trail of blood following all the way outside through the emergency exit, all the way across the compound, if you will, that gets all the way across the street to the bus station where we found him sitting at the bus station, uh, where we proceeded to call, you know, paramedics and the police and everything else. I think people don't really realize the kind of things you can see at a hotel i think they just think it's so simple like cleaning rooms and stuff like we've had a total probably the three years i worked there i think it was three or four deaths um most of them like i said we live in a it's a beach town but we get elderly people that stay at this hotel a lot so obviously it's the common like heart attack passing away in your sleep or something yeah um, i remember my first year also with the elevator accident uh i got i, I saw an ambulance out front of the building and i was like what did some old person have a heart attack like this was the first death and i like i've ever i was there for and i was like what did some person have a heart attack and like i was like i'm the type of guy that when as soon as the guests leave the room i'm the first one there to strip the room out so i can get all the sheets out and everything so i can get my job done so i don't have to worry about it later in the day so everything's all like you know you know everything's like just the cops are downstairs handling what's going on i have no clue at this point that someone had died in the room i heard the room was gone it was on my floor so i was like hey let's get the housekeeper open it up housekeeper opens it up walks over to her cart starts loading up her cart so i go into this room i look at all these pizza boxes and everything i'm grabbing all the trash and grabbing everything that could be considered evidence and throwing it inside of a trash bag and then taking it downstairs well i had a cop come up to me and my supervisor came up to me and they said, Robbie, what room did you just go into? And I'm like, 703. They're like, okay, a woman had died in that room. And I said, what? Like, I just cleaned that whole room out. Like, how, what, what do you mean somebody died in there? She had 
apparently taken her sheets, wrapped it around her neck and tied it to the balcony and then jumped and strangled herself. And I didn't know that. And the cops were like, you touched everything that is evidence. I said, what do you mean evidence if she killed herself? Because we don't know if she killed herself. She could have been murdered. And we need everything we need to know what was in that room and you threw it away. And now your fingerprints are all over the room. So now you're basically considered a suspect. And I'm like, holy shit, man. Like I, an old woman, how did she tie that around her neck and then jump off the thing? They go, she wasn't an old woman. She was 30 something years old. And that kind of let the cop know like, okay, he obviously didn't kill her if he didn't know what her age was or something. You know, that would have been something that might have slipped up and gave something to me. But I'm looking at him honestly, like, dude, I had no idea. I fucking walked right in that room, touched handprints on the walls. I turned the TV on. I sat down on the fucking bed for a minute. And like, I was, I didn't, I had no clue, dude. But that was the weirdest thing in the world, man, for me. Um, it was a crazy experience. A lot of people don't realize that. Like, you know, people in the hotel industry, it's a big sign of respect. First of all, you have to have obviously your morals about you if you work in the housekeeping industry because i'm not saying i go through people's shit but you see people's shit everywhere you see like people leave their wallets out there you have to be very trusting i don't steal money so that wasn't a thing you know you see like goldfish crackers out you see every all these other things out if someone had a butterscotch candy i would take that just because if you had a whole tray of them i'm like i'm getting one of these butterscotch candies because you just can't pass up butterscotch man tell me it's, it's too good but um <laughs> It's it's a crazy experience too, and that's definitely a weird job. I definitely don't like if you get older. Um, it's I mean it's got to be hell on the body and hell on the knees, but it's you get to come across a lot, especially with dealing with the public. But you get to see them also in one of their most vulnerable points. It's like uh, when you're in a relationship with someone, you get that relationship perspective. You see the person that's always wearing makeup, always doing this, and then you guys decide to move in together, and you wake up and you're next to a troll. Like holy shit, what happened to your face? It's like this is me without makeup. It's like oh my god, and she's like yeah, and then farts and then walks away. You're like what what happened? I didn't know this side of her it's like that's what you see with people you start to see their dirty stuff you start to see you know and you also see some good parts about people too well that's that's the thing like uh, i i try i I mean with the emotional battering that you get uh from a lot of clients uh it's it's not for everyone a lot of people can't handle being yelled at uh being called every name in the book when things don't you know, people don't get their way and it happens a lot in the hotel industry. I mean, and it's funny because one of the, one of the ones that we always laugh at at work uh, is, you know, you get the person who calls you, let's say uh, day before Valentine's day, I want to get a room. I want a reservation at the, at the restaurant and blah, blah, blah. Well, what what do you mean? It's full. What do you mean? It's full. I'm willing to pay good money to come and blah, blah, blah. And then they go off on their tirade, you know, and you just got to sit there and you got to take it. And then after they're done screaming at you over the phone, you got to tell them again, sir, I'm very sorry, but the hotel's full and the restaurant's full. Oh, this is such shit service and blah, blah, blah. And you're like, what do you want me to do? I mean, Valentine's Day, man. It's It's Valentine's Day. This isn't some last minute call bullshit this is something you got to put in a reservation for us i mean even during like thanksgiving christmas we are so booked i mean big events happening ball parties barroom parties all these types of things going on people can have their birthdays having their weddings there you know you get a whole room of like a whole giant family they're just running up and down the hall screaming and yelling and doing whatever getting drunk and it was cool because we get a lot of bachelorette parties bro 
those are the funnest things to ever be involved with. Like we would get the, um, let's say like the bride is up on the, like the 12th floor or something. And then the, her whole 12th floor is all, all whatever 12 or 13 rooms that we have are all, um, you know, part of the party. So it was the 11th floor, maybe the 10th floor. So it's a giant thing. And you go up there, they have inflatable dicks everywhere. I have a picture on my Instagram. It is a 10 foot tall inflatable penis, like a like a punching bag like the ones you would get as a kid that you just sit there and sock the ones that stand on the floor or something yeah and uh i set it down in our laundry room so everybody would come off the elevator and you'd have to come around a corner so this giant inflatable penis would just slap you right in the face as soon as you came around the corner but like we would pull out like um dude sh- alcohol was a huge thing i'm not a drinker so i would just throw it away or give it to somebody but like they had sh- like the injection needles filled with like jello liquor that you would inject in your mouth like you would baste a turkey with or something you'd get those all in the rooms and stuff and i would had so many like bachelorettes or whatever that would hit on me um you know they'd be wearing dick hats or something having dick cupcakes and you know i'm just looking at them like damn like y'all are hot but shit you got a dick on your head i'm not gonna kiss you if you got a dick on your head you know what i mean it's like that type of thing but it's definitely a weird and strange experience and um it's definitely one to learn from i definitely recommend it as like a good job but not one to typically stay into i would guess unless you're doing like reservations or something different because you know it's a weird experience too especially housekeeping in the kitchen is probably two of the hardest positions just because the amount of on top of people you are i mean you guys have a big priority and uh respectfulness when it comes to customer service but when you're working with your fellow employees and you're around like pressuring conditions, pushing 800 pound linen carts and dealing with like a hundred degree laundry rooms or a hundred degree kitchen, you guys don't stay happy forever. You guys end up yelling at each other and it becomes very stressful. And, you know, it is a good job to kind of learn, get to see what people are like um, without, I guess the public eye, this uh, thing that we display out into the world, this persona of, Oh, I own like 50 jets and 20 cars and there's no flaw about me. It's like, no, you uh you have a captain america underwear okay i don't don't think you have any jets yeah and i mean like working security at a hotel you you see all you you see everything uh and i mean i'm not just talking about the uh, the clientele i mean i've you you see you go through the kitchen you see what they have to go through you you go through the 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 party rooms the 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 big meetings and how everything is set up and the deliveries and how everything goes from a to z and it's it's crazy i mean you you don't get to see that from other perspectives and i i find that i've been really lucky in that sense that uh, i was able to to, to get a good understanding of how everything ran uh, before I actually moved to to being in reservations. So I have I have the utmost respect for people. I understand what they go through, especially when I call them for things like, you know, it, it, if I call housekeeping for something and they tell me, yeah, you know, it'll be like two minutes. I understand like they have to go down. They got to get that stuff. They got to make sure that, you know, they got everything ready. They've got other clients. So it, it's it's very, it's very tedious. But uh, again, I think I've been really lucky to, to have that insight so that I understand what everyone goes through and to, to be respectful, uh, not just because they're your employees or your co-employees, uh, you know, but um, just, just to know that what they go through on a daily basis and 
you know, it's just you want them to understand your perspective as well so that they can give you that same amount of respect when when they ask something of you or when you ask something of them. Exactly. So when and where did you decide to join this passion project with the voice acting? I know you're doing reservations now. Do you, is this all, is that how it started? Is just you people, you started to realize you have a very soothing voice or did it just come from something else? Uh, it actually came from uh, when I was a child. Uh, I was always a bit of a goofball uh, kid. I, I still am. I mean, like I crack jokes all the time i make a mockery of myself to make others laugh i I love to make others laugh and it pretty much started um from one of my idols as a kid um i grew up watching pretty much everything that was robin williams oh yeah man you're hitting right on the head with me dude i love robin williams and I, I think where it started was probably watching uh, Disney's Aladdin for the first time and hearing the genie. And now that I'm older and like I, I've done research on his career and, and everything that he's done in Aladdin, a lot of what he did was not even scripted. It was just him going off on a tangent and doing his stuff, you know? He was always renowned for being this kooky, you know, like super funny, like spontaneous individual. Patch Adams, bro. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's where it started. I absolutely loved it. Um, I I, I always had a certain stage fright. I I tried to do uh, like small theater type things like on stage and I always had a a fear that uh, when I was on stage that I was going to fuck up and and I couldn't really do it, even though I'm, I was told several times by like teachers and, and, and other students that I had like really, really good talent when it came to acting. So uh, you match that with doing all sorts of weird voices and being, you know, the clown in class and stuff like that. And I think that's really where it came from. And it became a passion for me and I did small things over the years but never something really like big like a a major production or anything like that obviously it's still mostly indie stuff but uh, I have lent my voice out to quite a few projects over the years uh, ranging from doing monster voices to just doing regular old me you got to give me some of these voices here because like I was telling you before um, shout out to uh, Mark, uh, Madman Mark, uh, I would call him. Uh, he does the voice of Wolverine. You can check out his Instagram. I'll link that in here, too. Had to get him a plug. He's, a, he's the only person I think I've ever had a conversation with where I was Christopher Walken. He was Wolverine, and we met in a bar. I mean, like I said, that is something, you know, it was all improv. And I kind of want to hear, what impressions do you have? Like, if you're going to give me a monster one, give me a good monster. I don't mean to put you on the spot, but I'm, I'll, I'll do something if you want me to do an impression. Oh boy. Um, right off the top of my head like that. Um, I don't, uh, I really haven't done too many impressions of, of certain things. I usually come up with my own, uh, voice for them. I mean, the, the one that I had done quite a long time ago was, um, I was doing a, I was doing like a, a kind of horror theme thing. And they asked me if I could do like a, a, a werewolf and I was like, okay, well I could, 
I could try doing that. So I was basically sitting in front of a mirror looking at myself and I was thinking, you know, how, how do I do a werewolf? You know, like, so I started messing around with growls and it looked absolutely ridiculous. And I was mostly laughing at myself most of the time in front of the, uh, in front of the mirror. So I started playing around with it, you know, like, like really getting like a guttural, like, that, you know noise to it that snarl it was a good snarl it sounds a lot like i, I heard that same thing it brought, gave me a little bit of anxiety when you did that when i was a kid my dad snored like that he goes <laughs> like super loud i'm like jesus <laughs> man well that's what you you try not to sound like you know it's because the the thing with with voiceover work is you don't have any expressions so all your expression has to come through your voice so well if you can't deliver that yeah you hear the voice though it sounds like you're putting so much emphasis in it and if you literally showed a video of someone doing your impressions of like your face like you actually doing them recording them your face is showing the emotion of it because that's how you get the sound for it well there are there are some people that um will just belch out lines and not show any emotion towards it and it's not because they're good or bad. It's just some people will get in front of a, a, a microphone. They will get into their character. They'll do their character. And they'll just, they'll read lines, okay? And they'll put their own emotion into their voice. But there are others who will act in front of their, uh, of their microphone. Like, perfect example is, um, uh, wow, I can't believe I'm drawing a blank right now. Uh, Mark Hamill, sorry. Uh, Mark Hamill, like if you've ever seen, uh, there's a particular uh, video on on YouTube that I always go to because it's absolutely amazing to watch him do this. He's in the booth doing the Joker and he, he, he like twists himself and you can see the evil expression on his face as he's doing the Joker and he's got his hands up in the air and he's he's acting, but no one can see him at the end of the day it's it's all within his voice and i i'm i'm someone like that like when i'm doing my lines for the podcast or you know like other projects and stuff like that i i'm i'm flailing about and i'm putting myself in the character and i'm doing these facial expressions and no one can see me you know but i feel like without doing that i can't properly do the character yeah, that's the same thing with me when I do an impression. If I do like my Christopher Walken or if I do a Joker impression, I look like a, a madman. And it's only because like I need that kind of I need to get in the character, the feel for it. I need to, you know, you can see my face doing some Christopher Walken impressions on other podcasts and stuff. And, I, you know, I go into full character like he does. I have the mannerisms, the type of, I, the, you know, the jawline, the facial expressions that you try and move into. Even when I do like my um my Don Corleone uh impression or something like respect is a business best served with a side and a glass of justice like that's that. pretty good i like, like it yeah my whole jaw is shoved forward like the bottom part of it to where it looks like i have like a lisp or i have some type of like deformity in my teeth or something and that's just to get that sound and that thing and um it's needed too because that can like i couldn't do that without moving my jaw forward like that and if you have one in your arsenal or some impressions or some types of things that you like to do voice acting wise give me some here uh like particular voices that i would like to do yeah like if you for your let's let's drop the podcast for instance like it's yeah, the, yeah. the the chad story the fallout 76 right mm-hmm, that's correct uh i do uh quite a few different voices for uh 
uh, it's called the Chad uh, Fallout 76 story. Um, and it revolves around uh, Fallout 76. Haha. You know, Dude, one time. of my favorite games. <laughs> Literally, I've been I've been asking Robert Solomon, shout out to him above Candy Earth. Uh, I've been asking him for a long time, see if I could get a part in uh, your your guys' podcast a little bit because I kind of wanted to always do an audiobook one because I'm a giant fan of Fallout, especially. I mean, I played them all. I mean, in my studio right now, I'm looking at the special posters for the character, the strength, perception, intelligence. They're all put it up on my wall and stuff. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. I, I, I almost got that one. Uh, I have quite a lot of little follow tidbits here around uh, my uh, computer desk and in my room. And stuff I mean, like you're that, talking so. to a guy that drove to two hours away to a target at four o'clock in the morning to when they opened up at 6 a.m to get nuka cola and as soon as i walked in a dude walked out with like 30 bottles of it and bought it all and i was so pissed but you end up finding out it's just blue jones soda with a funky label on it it's a little bit kind of messed up but that's my buddy's favorite game so me and him kind of bond over that playing new vegas at night me and him would look up on youtube all like the history and the little details about all the games and stuff and um i've never played fallout 76 i heard it was terrible at least when it first came out and i heard it got good but i just i just you know i never i I was i'm still like even yesterday i was playing new vegas or something my all-time favorite one uh i like the post-apocalyptic scene the building of Mm -hmm. the character the game style of stuff like do you do any of the radio impressions like I've listened to uh, maybe a, a quick couple minutes of your guys' podcast. Um, I Like I said, I am interested, and in if you guys need anybody. But, like, when you're talking to, like, you turn on the radio or something, it's like, welcome to Galaxy Radio with Star Dog in the morning. And it's, like, doing like that or it's doing some weird voice impression. I love that, dude. Uh, well, the thing, uh, the thing is, is, like, I've never – I've always tried – to do a type of like you know that golden radio voice but um i i feel like i just i can't do it justice and i would rather not tarnish that because like uh, as a kid i grew up listening to uh, casey Kasem, and he had uh that very very specific tone of voice and i people like to make fun of it and you know it's it's kind of like iconic if you know who he is um but it's uh it's just like uh how how was it uh, he he'd always go on this these like monologues and it just it felt so um like traditional in a way like he, he, if you pictured someone's voice like for a radio that would be it and we would always talk about it and stuff like that and and He'd go on and be like, and now you'll be listening to a song from 1965, you know, and he would set the mood and you were like, okay, I'm ready. Let's do this. Um, But when it comes to the, um, when it comes to the podcast, uh, when I, I I would rather do very um, out of the way character voices um when i had first uh well let, let's start with this the the first time we i had heard about the podcast it actually wasn't even a podcast it was a story uh that was being written on facebook by kenneth vigu the creator of the podcast great guy I, I love him to death um and he would do these like little intro stories uh, a couple of paragraphs like day 45 of my isolation you know blah 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 i ran into a death claw it tried to maul my face but i was able to get away and it 
it garnished like a lot of attention like these were really great they were funny you know he made these new characters you would find uh, you would um follow simon and chad throughout his little adventures and um they're it, it was just all the time and every time i would see one i would go through it be like yes all right he's got a new one read it have a, a, a few chuckles and be like man i really love this and one day he was like you know what this is getting quite a lot of attention i think i'm gonna make a podcast out of this you know like would anyone be interested in doing voice work for the podcast and i was like holy shit yes yes i would there was a, a very particular character that showed up in his little stories uh by the name of uh, peter ennis uh mr p ennis <clears throat> and um good god man basically uh he okay <laughs> all right i gotta let that one stick for a minute for the audience members out there i want you to sound <laughs> it out now p ennis okay guys call just just sound that one out in your head if you don't get it yeah, it's P.E.N.N.I.S. <clears throat> so yeah, just like huge um, Wang, is there a Hugh Wang there? Exactly. And uh, basically, it was a mutation that Simon got and uh, the character was brought to life. And he's basically this he's basically com uh, comedic relief. And it was one of the characters that um he he wanted to have a, a voice actor for and i was like yes i want to voice a scorched monstrous talking penis i feel like this is my calling i i need to do this and um so basically that's how it started uh we got on uh, or i got onto the uh to the podcast along with uh a fantastic crew uh we've become such good friends uh we were able to meet uh, in Boston. A lot of us were uh, for Bethesda game days where we, uh, we had our live production with Bethesda after uh, we were contacted by them uh, to do a, a live episode, which was absolutely insane. Uh, like we were jumping off walls when we heard about this. So we kind of went to overdrive uh, in doing uh, a show for that. And we had a ton of fun and it's become our own little family now. So yeah, no, in the end, uh, well, all the thanks to, to Kenny. I mean, it's it sounds like an amazing bonding experience, but you gotta, you gotta give me one of these impressions you do on this, on this thing, man. You gotta give me at least, uh, do you do a ghoul? Do you do what, what typically do you, I guess, provide? Uh, right now I've done two, uh, of, voices that you've heard on the podcast there will be two characters coming later that i can't talk about right now but will be pretty important characters that i will voice uh the one that i am most accustomed to right now uh, people that know my voice is uh, for uh, the uh, character that started with the live uh, show at bethesda game days which was the attorney general um malcolm fletcher uh he basically this big southern gentleman you know and he stands there in the courtroom and your honor i would like to make sure that this person is deemed guilty that reminds me of like I immediately I picture Colonel Sanders as a lawyer in a courtroom. He's like, I do declare that this bucket of chicken is incredibly good with all my herbs and spices. 
Well, the thing is, is like when I was first thinking of the voice for for Fletcher, we didn't want him to sound like super redneck hillbilly type of southern accent. Just the, you know, the, you know where he's from, but without being like, oh, well, geez, he's the typical blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah he's not the typical text guy that's like, yeah, I'm down there by down by the tractor down there. I went over there to get me a horse and it like, sounds like Hank Hill type thing, like a little of a, uh, what's his name? Boomhauer. Yeah, Boomhauer. Yo, man, I don't want a man to come down there. I'm going to whoop his ass, man. I'll tell him, man. Come on down there, man. You know what I'm saying, man? what the fuck did you just tell me (laughs) yeah so it's a character that i've been having quite a little fun doing um i cannot wait for the uh the next uh two characters to be introduced because those are going to be some very uh important characters to the story uh at the same time it's going to be a hell of a lot of fun to be doing those voices so i i can't wait um Another one that I ended up doing was uh, for the Halloween episode, actually. It was uh, the old man in the vault, uh, the crew of kids slash dumbasses, you know, uh, end up uh, telling a story about how they were uh, doing trick-or-treating inside the vault before uh, the whole opening of the vault happened and they went out into the wasteland. Um, They went into a restricted area in the vault where you know, the, the residents weren't supposed to be going because it was abandoned. And, you know, people said that it was haunted and bad things happened down there. You're not supposed to go down there. So um, I played uh, the old man in the vault, which uh, basically is this old, interesting dude. And um, he, they, they run into him and they start telling him stories and stuff like that. And he's talking to them like, well, I don't know any particular stories about that but if you would like to regale about something from the 1800s or maybe how soccer was started using human skulls maybe i could introduce you to a new story it's funny um sounds like a little bit of uh walter cronkite in there a little bit yeah that deep kind of voice to it but like when you're studying a character it's cool too because when you get to create one of these characters too you got to look at like people are going to bond to certain people based on what they are their characteristics their personalities it's like when you're watching a movie for the first time you know most people want to pick the badass character the gunslinger clint eastwood type so it's like what type of thing if you were trying to think of a wastelander or survivalist that is you know badass has a gun kind of like a mercenary that nobody wants to fuck with and can handle himself in his own situations you got to think of like a badass voice to it is he going to be calm is he going to talk at all Mm -hmm. um then you look at like let's see if i was going to do a voice of a character that's like a clint eastwood type of like do you feel lucky punk like that whole like you want to have that kind of slow kind of scratchy little bit of voice and if you want to do someone that smokes cigarettes all day like i don't even know what you're talking about like you got the whole like kind of like messed up throat and if i could do the old woman from spongebob uh i don't know if you've ever seen the um chocolate episode the woman that comes out like looks like she's severely burned in the chair oh god i mean i don't think i've watched spongebob in years (laughs) but like like, i've I've watched some of it yeah (laughs) she's like what what are they selling they're selling chocolates what they're selling chocolates oh (laughs) chocolate I remember when they first invented it. I always hated it. 
like you do you know you have that kind of a weird scratchiness in the throat or something and then like i'll shoot you off um like if i was gonna do uh you know like a a, a wastelander or a mercenary that like um got hit in the head with like a pipe and he's got a little bit of like a i guess a little bit of um mentally challenged added to it from that maybe like a slow brain or something i would do my christopher walken impression i'd be like oh my this is a tragic news i don't know where to go in the vault i seem to have locked the keys inside there like do something of that sort like um it's fun doing it too because like you can for me like a script is very hard um, I like to improv it. Usually if I do like a comic book thing, someone's like, can you read me a line from a comic book? I'm like, okay, just give me whatever the line is. Um, I want to turn it into my own as well. Um, I can go with the script, but I find like I'm very good with no preparation to it, just hopping right into it. Because once you get that character flow going, it's so simple and flawless that you don't even have to really think about it. Oh, for sure. And I mean, like, um, what I used to say is like, I, I have, I have voice Tourette's in a way, like when I'm out with like friends or like back in the day when I used to actually drink, um, I, I would have voice Tourette's. I would, we'd be standing, sitting in the bar and we'd just be shooting the shit and just doing all sorts of stuff. And I'd just be switching from one voice to another. And people would just be like, how the, how the hell do you do that? And, and that's what I'd say. I have voice Tourette's like, I will go on for a, a while and I'll just start changing my voice and just want to make people laugh, you know? And, um, I think it's, it's always been like a really, uh, fun thing to do. It gets people laughing again. So it's, it's just something that's always stuck with me. And to be able to do that, um, to a, a wide range of like a, like a larger audience I find is, is absolutely wonderful. It's super fun. And you meet all these wonderful people. And I mean, if I look back at like, our podcast, for example, the story that Kenny created, I think what is really, really special about it is um, you look at these, you look at movies and stuff like that, or video games, and you have those stereotypical, like, you know, he's the hero. He's going to sound like this. He's going to sound like a macho dude. You know, the big freaking bulky badass you know like that's got like this big ass shotgun or like a rocket launcher you know he's gonna sound like this Arnold or Schwarzenegger it's, it's or the know, opposite. something like that he sounds like a like a quiet guy like we call that guy over there his name's tiny i was like whoa he's super huge it's like you walk up to him like how you doing man it's like oh hi it's like oh shit i did not expect that from you man you have literally a bullet inside of your bullet hole like that's what you like you look like a man but you come off mm -hmm. with this non-aggressive voice he's like that's why i don't talk it's like okay i get it. i get it and I, that's what's interesting too and I, that's why i find so much fun in voice acting because it's a way to escape it's like going to a comic con or something where people dress up as somebody else. You want to have fun. You don't want to be inside of your own skin for a little bit. You want to relax and be like one of the heroes or somebody you idolize. I think that's right. awesome. And especially when you're doing like voice acting with friends and stuff, like that's got to be the funnest experience in the world. Like there's got to be so many bloopers that go behind all that in production with you guys, like just trying to do a voice and someone's like, someone just cracks a joke or something. You immediately break out of character. I mean, like I'll be, my buddy gets pissed off at me because like, I'll be doing impressions. Like you say, voice Tourette's that's a great way of putting it because I do the same thing. 
I'll be like going out to eat and I'm like, dude, I'm just going to do an impression this whole time and see if I can just keep it the whole entire time. Like, what do you mean? Nate waiter comes up, goes, Hey, what would you like to order? I'm like, I, let me get a, ch- ch- one of these cheeseburgers. And they're like, what? I'm like, I, you know, I'm, and I'll, I'll switch. And then randomly I'll end up losing it later. If I end up forgetting about it, like what happens to your accent? I'm like, Oh, I don't know. Like I lost it. Like I am from Canada. Eh? Like I lost my accent. Eh? I don't know where, um, would you like a powdered jelly? You know, like something like that, like stupid, but it's stuff you got to work on too. It's practicing it like a skill. I mean, um, I have one impression that my buddy's like, if you worked on it hard enough, you would be able to get is a Jerry Seinfeld. And I freaking hate Jerry Seinfeld. I don't care if he hears this. I don't care. Sorry, man. You have the nasliest voice I have ever heard. It's like, I mean, come on. I mean, in the airplane, you know, when they offer you the chicken or the fish, which one do you choose? I don't know. It's like, motherfucker just pick one pick the peanuts i don't care <laughs> yeah no i i was never a big fan of seinfeld i just thought that he had quite the annoying voice as well but i mean to, to each their own right yeah and then like you look at uh mark Wahlberg with that like you know accents from different places i'm from baltimore well i'm close to baltimore maryland so we have a bit of what we would call a southern draw on it like you say monday you say tuesday you see like you know uh, coming out on wednesdays you know like when we say baltimore and people are like what are you saying baltimore it's it's baltimore not baltimore it's like oh you know you have that little bit of an accent to it and um like we'll be talking like mark Wahlberg from being from like he sounds like a little bit of a boston hey everybody i'm mark Wahlberg. Hey, how you guys doing? I'm Mark. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm over here from Boston. Like, you know, he's got that quiet tone, but he's got that kind of demeanor to him. That's a little bit more of a Boston draw to him. Like, give me a pastrami on rye. Like, that's stuff you need to kind of look up to, like, um, especially being in the hotel industry. Coming across so many people from different walks of life, people from different uh, states, people from different countries um, coming over. You get to see everybody's accent. And it's hard sometimes, too, because what's weird about our minds is – some people will fall into an impression and have an accent when that's not their accent. Like if you're around a bunch of uh, Asian heritage people, um, mm-hmm. you'll immediately start being like, uh, let me get the, the, the Chinese chicken. And it, it sounds like it's being racist, but it's not. It's because our minds adapt to be like things that are around our surroundings. So you're immediately picking up somebody else's accent. I mean, I worked with someone that was Irish and he was like, I think I broke me fucking foot. And this was like an accident we had up getting in an accident and hurting his foot and yeah. um he's like i think i broke my fucking foot and i'll be talking to him like hey you want to go down and get the drink by the pub and he's like why are you talking like that and i'm like what and he's like you're talking you're making fun of me stop fucking making fun of me i'm like i'm not trying to it just happens i click to it because my ears i've been talking to you for so long i want to connect with you and this is i want to be i want to be your friend <laughs> i mean like that's one thing i really love about um <clears throat> about traveling for for one thing is you you see all the different um uh, mannerisms you see the different accents uh it's it's just it's it's awesome i love it um like for me for example i um i i was my first language is french uh i am a french canadian uh and i was raised perfectly bilingual uh it, just by choice my parents you know wanted to to have a, as many options for me like growing up uh, that i could either you know, like speak fluent french or speak fluent english and it it kind of like resonated in me like i wanted to learn other languages so like when i was growing up i took like spanish classes you know um i'm slowly 
making my way into wanting to learn Swedish. Uh, I've looked at Japanese a little bit, you know, and stuff like that. And I just love uh, other cultures. And like, for example, when we went to Boston, uh, inevitable, we heard that Boston accent absolutely everywhere. I freaking loved it. Um, just got so much of it. Uh, but like, I've traveled quite a bit. Um, in the United States, in Canada, uh, unfortunately, I've never actually been on a plane before, so I've never been able to go overseas and, and see those other cultures and accents that uh, come from those places that I would like to go, uh, such as Ireland, Japan, et cetera, et cetera. But like, <clears throat> I've, I've, heard, I've heard that Brooklyn accent. I've heard uh, that accent from like Vermont, Pennsylvania, stuff like that. I I've been to Boston. I've heard that one. I've been to Chicago, you know, you go to Detroit, it's all these different, it's, it's subtle, you know, someone who's not versed in it or hasn't really heard the difference will go, well, yeah, it's all English. Say that again to someone from, you know, like London, England and say, oh yeah, it's English. No, no, dude, it's, it's, it's not the same. Like you can hear it. And I find it, it it's awesome. I, I just, I love it. I don't know what it is. I just love it. Yeah, it's 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 nice to see kind of the differences too a little bit. Um, I mean, if you look at all these different states, you know, it's part of the same country, even in the US, but they're so completely different the way they sound, the way they talk. It's always something like I worked with a lot of people from New York and they had that kind of like strong, authoritative speaking way. And it's weird to see because it's like, we're not even that far apart. It's not like we're on the other side of the world or something. You know, we're not Australia to America. It's New York to Maryland. It's like, how did he get that difference? But it's like, all depends on how people speak, the shortened language. My cousin's from Hawaii. He speaks a language called pidgin, which is like, if you ask him, hey, man, are you hungry? He'd be like, no, I'm full on aloha. Thank you. You'd be like, what did you just say to me? He says, I am full on aloha. Thank you. And it's like, just say you're fucking full, man. What does aloha have to do with anything? Doesn't that mean hello and goodbye? And he just looks at you like, what, mom? Like, he just cuts all this stuff. Like, I got you, brother. Like, sounds like he's Jamaican. And I'm like, dude, what is happening? We're, we're, we're related. I don't know how you, you turned into this thing. But it's enjoyable. It's fun. Um, it's one of my favorite things about voice impressions because it is an art. It is a talent. Um, a lot of people have that natural voice and my parents worked in radio. So I understood what you were saying about like that, having that cadence to it too. Um, you know, that's something when I started the podcast, was I going to do a welcome to another episode of the podcast? Was I going to do something like that? Or was I gonna, just going to talk? And I'm like, hang on a second. I'm talking to people for an hour, maybe two hours. I definitely don't want to have to hold that impression up the whole entire time because I hear my parents on radio and then I hear my parents speak and I'm like, you, you sound nothing like that. Like I can tell that radio voice straight up the mile. You have the person like, you're listening to the, the beach radio and we're going to play the smooth sounds of the ocean. And it's like, did someone just take your emotion out of you or something it's weird well, you've got to like doing what you do right if you're forcing yourself to to take on this uh this persona while you're doing your work and you don't want to keep it up or you're not having fun keeping it up there's no point in doing it because you're just gonna hate yourself for it so why bother if, if you're more comfortable being in your own skin and your own voice do that it'll it'll just work out better for you in the end Exactly. And I think that's uh, it's important, too. And I can tell um, just the way you talked about it, too, that you really enjoy 
uh, doing this podcast and, you know, being involved in it too. And it seems like it's been so much fun to do as much as it is uh, to kind of hear the episodes come together as well. And uh, I, th- I appreciate that, man. Cause you know, it's interesting. It's something, I, like I said, for a while, I heard about it and I was always curious to talk to one of you guys and get your thoughts on it. And I really appreciate you coming out and doing the podcast, man. Uh, it's my pleasure. I mean, I, I love doing this stuff. I love reaching out to to other podcasts, uh, reaching out to other voice actors. Uh, I've met, like I said earlier, I've met so many amazing people in this line of work uh, over the years, and it's it's always um, it's it's always a fun time getting to listen to their story, how they came about doing it, what they like about it, um, what it's opened up for them in their life. Some people just do it as a side project and they just love doing it. They don't look at it as a monetary type of thing. Uh, like for me right now, uh, I've, I've done some monetary work in voice acting, uh, but I, I love the indie scene. Um, of course, I mean, I would absolutely love to one day be in a Bethesda game or to say like, hey, did you know that new like World of Warcraft character that I did that, that that was me, you know, like that, that would be a fucking dream come true. Like if I could be in the next like Elder Scrolls and be like, hey, remember that quest that you got from that dude? Did you know I voiced him? Yeah, it was pretty awesome, right? You know, and then people would be like, what? No fucking way, man. You're famous, bro yeah and it's not even it's not even about being famous it's, it's just, just nice to be recognized too it's like holy crap yeah. you created something and somebody's listening to it that's what i that's what i meant by that like i you know i'll be i'll be saying something and like someone will be like you sound like really familiar i'm like i don't know and like i think i've heard you like at my gym or something i'm like uh yeah i'm like my owner of my gym plays my podcast sometimes as music in the gym sometimes you know just like kind of listen to because people like hearing some of the conversations of it too and it gets weird because then someone's like oh dude that's your podcast i'm like yeah man like dude that's dope man i'd love to be on i'm like yeah that's cool man you know just hit me up you know that type of thing it's it's nice it makes you feel like you know you did something and it's going somewhere too it's like watching a baby start to walk Oh yeah, for sure. Like one thing that I really get out of it is I love um, the reaction people get, uh, whether it be positive or negative. Um, I just love it when someone reacts uh, to, to like either my voice or something I do. Uh, you know, uh, you get people that enjoy your work. Uh, it, it feels good. And at the same time, like, especially with the bullshit that's going on now with the whole you know pandemic and everything people are looking more and more to fill their time and i always recommend the podcast like i mean if you guys are especially a lot of my friends who are like gamers and stuff like that who like the the whole fallout universe like i tell them like look if you guys want to here's the podcast we have uh we have like 12 episodes out now um so it's like each episode is about an hour, you know, of, of your time. So if you, if you got time to spend or go for it, man, you'll love it. It's funny. It's, it's interactive. You'll get those little, um, those little inside jokes that we do the referencing the game or, you know, stuff that goes on. Uh, one thing that we love to do is, uh, like kind of poke fun at like glitches and stuff like that. Cause Hey, let's, let's face it bethesda games all games have glitches you find bugs and stuff like that and we kind of plug those in as little tidbits of fun and uh it's not to 
uh, to like belittle the game or the company and everything like that. We've gotten feedback from, from people at, uh, at the company that absolutely love it. They think it's hilarious. Um, Pete Hines uh, absolutely loves uh, the characters. He, he listens to it. And uh, to, to know that, but like people from Bethesda from a game that we are referencing in our podcast listens to our podcast and enjoys it is absolutely insane and like you can't see it right now but I am grinning from ear to ear it's just it's surreal I I've, it's a it's a dream really I appreciate you, like I said, coming on and doing the podcast, Kevin. Now, why don't you plug that podcast there? Plug anything you want to plug so people can find your awesome content, man, and hear those beautiful voices serenading us in the game we all love. Hell yeah. So if you guys, uh, you know, if you love that whole uh, uh, Fallout scene, that post-apocalyptic, uh, we do have a podcast. It's called Chad, a Fallout 76 uh, story. You can find it on pretty much every single platform where you can find a podcast, whether it be Spotify, it's on uh, iTunes, it's on, uh, what's that one there for uh, <laughs> uh, Apple, or not Apple, but um, um, Oh, geez. Google and all that. There's so many. I can't even remember them all, but uh, pretty much anywhere where you can find a podcast. We have a Twitter. We have a Facebook page. Uh, so, yeah, just write down Chad Fallout 76 story. You'll find it. Now, do you want to wrap us out with uh, a nice little uh, ending or outro? Uh, wow. On the spot again. Jeez, I'm so bad at these. It's all good. Look, I'll, I'll <laughs> give us something like this has been an episode with Kevin from the fallout 76 podcast now he's gonna wrap us up with an ending i don't know how he's gonna do i can only stall as much as my car can when i'm trying to go to the store and now uh, i want to thank you for having me out here uh, this is malcolm fletcher uh this is a great podcast the out of the blank podcast i had a super fun day today and uh, you make sure that you uh stay on the good side of the law or you will be seeing my footprint on your ass in that courtroom